This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show, Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Magandan Umaga. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Umi ihi bang paciente mo. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Died at age 56, but he teaches us, enjoy every sandwich. It's awesome how to live your life, just like Steve Jobs. And nobody knows Steve Jobs better than I know than this man, the great Richard Wolpert. Richard, thanks so much for making time and calling all the way from the Bahamas. I wasn't going to point that out, Dr. Zapper, but thank you for having me. (laughs) We're dealing with a bit of a storm here, but I think I got a good connection right now. Oh, you got a beautiful connection. So I don't know if you got to hear any of the sound bites. Um, I did. But, you know, this is, I've been doing this show now 11 years. Each and every Saturday, I, I, I maybe have missed five shows in 11 years. And it's really mm-hmm. something that I value because of how many people it touches. And how do I know that? Not from Twitter, not from all the, which is great, but they come and see me in my office. They've waited three months to come yep. get an appointment, and I'll ask them, who sent you here? And they'll go, you did. And they're young, yep. they're old, they come from all walks of life, and it's a beautiful thing. Today's show is the epitome. Is. This, to me, Richard, is the ultimate show about how you should live your life. And I think you spent a lot of time with Steve Jobs, who indirectly and directly changed all of our lives. I don't care what you do for a living. That damn iPhone that's in all of our pockets has made the world different. So take us back, Richard. What was it like to be side by side with that guy? Yeah, and just to put it in perspective, I'm sometimes a bit too self-deprecating, but I don't want to paint it like Steve Jobs and I were buddies. One of, one of my very, very good friends, Mike Slade, I mean, he was truly one of Steve Jobs' best friends. So um, mm-hmm. I don't want to point that light. But did we have meals together many times? Yes. Did I spend half days with him in meetings? Yes. Did oh. I do the keynote with him at Macworld 1998 when he announced the iMac? Yes. Wow. Did he try and hire me back in 1999? And I said no, which is probably one of the biggest freaking mistakes I ever made. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, so I just want to put. Yes, I know him better than probably most that you have spoken to, but I don't want to pitch it. Right, to even that's I fine. Like best buds. That's fine. And you know, I had different experiences with him. It was very different. So, my first job out of school in 1985 was at Apple on the original Mac software team. When he was in charge, wow. he was completely infatuated with the Macintosh, which it, which had just shipped. And I was probably in the room with him that year and a half. Uh, so, question: I know you as Doctor Clapper. Do I call you Doctor Clapper on your podcast? You can call me whatever you want. You can call me Robbie. Robbie. Okay. So um, I was maybe in the room with him five or ten times in that year and a half, Robbie. And I was scared to death, right? I was a 22-year-old young punk. And I had fallen in love with the Macintosh. Like, when it released when I was a senior in college, Hmm. to me, it was like, oh, my God, I've seen the future. I moved to Cupertino and I graduated without a job, just knowing I am going to get a job at Apple. And I did. But I never said a word to the man, right? He was God, even then to me in 1985, just his visionary and all he'd been through. And a lot of people don't know, but prior to starting Apple, he spent almost a year in India, like doing a self, you know, mm-hmm. self-realization journey that um, led to great bumper stickers he had at Apple in 1985, like the journey is the reward, which mm-hmm. is a quote I still use today. Um, so that was my early sort of Steve Jobs experience. And 
I got to know him a little bit through my first software company, which was a Mac software company called After Hours After Hours Software, which is one of the top selling software companies for the Mac. Mm. And then the first really interesting experience I had with him was when he was at Next Computer. Mm. And how long do you want me to go here, Robbie? Because I could go for twenty. I'll minutes. interrupt you, Diane. I'm not embarrassed. Don't worry. Keep going. It's just fascinating <laughs> that you walk side by side. You're in rooms with Thomas Edison, basically a, a man who, and I'm I'm really fascinated by. The mechanism of it all. George Steinbrenner, the most hated owner. Lorne Michaels, nobody says nice things about this guy, but he's got the longest-running show. And everybody talks about Steve Jobs, what a jerk he was. I refuse to believe that you have to be a jerk to be successful. I don't want to believe that. But somehow this guy got the most out of people like you. He made you do things that you didn't even think you could do. And I want to know how he did that. Yeah. Um, he got the best out of people. Was he an asshole? I don't know if I'd go that far. That's a harsh word. But was he, did he not put up with anything less than greatness? Mm. Absolutely. If what you were doing was not great, he would not put up with it. He would call you out on it. He would kill your project. He would send you off. Um, and he got a reputation of being an asshole because of that. But one of my, one of my very dear friends, one of my best men that I met, wedding a guy and got a lot of apples in the world and none of them has invented the Macintosh. Yeah. So he kind of, you know, gave Steve some latitude to be maybe not an asshole, but certainly assertive and defend greatness because what he created in the Macintosh and then later when he came back to Apple with the iMac and then later with the iPod and then later with the iPhone and the watch. And, you know, I was thinking about this in anticipation of our conversation this morning and I mean no disrespect to Tim Cook, who on an operating basis has done an amazing job with the company, but there's not a product out today at Apple that wasn't there when Steve Jobs passed away. Mm. So if you think about his vision, and I think it's been, God, seven, eight, nine years since he passed? 2011, uh, yep, 11 years. Yeah, so 11 years, yeah, even more than I thought. So his vision from 11 years ago is still what's driving the products of the company today. Mm. And, you know, one funny story, which, which I think your, your listeners will appreciate. So I got a job in 1995 as a president of Disney Online. And it was my first time working at an entertainment company. I was a tech guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a guy that worked in corporate that was a Steve Jobs fanboy. And anything Steve did was great. At the, time, at the time, Steve was running Next Computer, which is a company he started when he got kicked out of Apple. Mm-hmm. And it was not doing very well. And it was a beautiful computer like anything Steve did, but it was like $12,000. It didn't work with any other products. It didn't work with any other computers. Mm-hmm. And, and Disney had bought like several thousand of these things. And Michael Eisner, who was CEO at the time, brought me in and said, you know, what should we use? Should we use Macs? Should we use Next Computer? Should we use Windows? And I was like, well, I'm a Mac guy, but corporate-wise, you should Windows, and creatively, you should use the Mac and probably not use the Next. Mm-hmm. And about a month later, I get a call, and somebody's like, Steve Jobs is on the phone for you. It's one of those, like, is this one of my best friends, like, you know, messing around with me or not? I don't know. So I get on the phone, and he's like, Richard, you know, I know you started your career at Apple, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did, Steve. And I got a little quiver in my voice, right, Robbie? And he's like, so I understand you're the man at Disney that just shut off my orders for the next. That's true. And here's this guy who I think of as like a god, right? A visionary, wow. a genius. But that computer was not the right one. I'm like, Steve, I hate to say this to you, but yeah. And he's like, well, I want to fly you up here for half a day, show you why you're wrong, and, and you know, 
who's going to say no to that offer? Wow. So me and a couple of my guys from Disney, we fly up for a day, we roll out red carpet in the morning, our names are on the sign, best wow. food ever, as Apple still has today, wow. dog and pony show for three hours about how awesome it is, and he's like, let's go into my office. Wow. And we go into his office, and we're sitting, you know, maybe a chair apart from each other, and he's got the black turtleneck on already, he got in that phase of his life, and he leans over and he says, so now that you've seen the vision, I'm sure you're going to go back to Disney and say they should stop, start buying next computers again. <laughs> and this, I say, Rob, is one of the hardest no's ever in my life, right? Because, and I think I made the right decision. Obviously, he, he shut down the next computer when Apple bought next back himself. Mm, so right, right. I'm like, Steve, I don't even know how to say this to you, but no. And all the graciousness of three and a half hours turned into a back turn, and my assistant will see you out. <laughs> wow. Good for but, you for being but, honest. And on some level, he appreciated that. He appreciated and that. Here's how he, yeah. here's how he appreciated it. So about a year later, I read about these IMAX coming out. We were coming out with the kids' subscription service. And I called him up, and I said, I have an idea for you. And he got on the phone. I'm like, we're launching this kids' subscription service this summer. If you send me some prototype IMAX, I will launch it on Windows and the Mac the same day when you launch the IMAX. And he was like, Richard, thank you for the call. That's awesome. Let's do it. And we did it. We worked together for six months. And I have the 13th ever prototype made iMac in my office at home. And uh, that's what we used to program it on. And then in 1998, I spent the entire day with him. We did the keynote, the, one of his famous Macworld keynote addresses in New York. And uh, he introduced the iMac and he introduced me. And I showed what we did for Disney. And, and then I had a great relationship with him after that. And, and you know, I say, and you yeah. touched on this, Rob, but guys like that respect and want people to say no when it's correct. Yep, yep, They kind yep. of yearn for it. Wow. They yearn for it because most people are afraid to say no to somebody like that. So I think I, I, think I built his respect when I did it, yep. and then I built his friendship when I called him back and said, but here's something that makes sense. What a great lesson. What a great lesson. Yeah. You to to. Yeah, you just did it the right way. You you lived your life totally not trying to be something else. It's beautiful what you did. Tell me about kids and trips. What what is that? 